0: Hello, and welcome to the Tech Lunch podcast, where we encourage our listeners to learn something new about tech every week. This can range from learning about new and exciting te- applications to the advancements in coding and technology. If you are always learning, you will always be a step above the rest. Take the time during lunch or during a break to listen and learn, kind of like a lunch and learn, but for the years. This podcast will open the listener's ears to new and exciting technologies they may have not been purviewed to in the past. These topics will range from manufacturing technologies to data collection technologies and everything in between. Hello, I'm Nick. Hello, I'm Ed. All right, and this week we're gonna be talking about the difference between IT and OT and uh, kind of what the difference is between those two and uh, kind of where they they fall and what type of environments each one of those are used for so when you think about it versus ot you know ed what are you thinking about
1: so the ot environment deals with uh proprietary systems uh that are special protocols that are for moving equipment uh, or conveyors and uh doing things with uh sensors and automation whereas it is more of an office environment it's uh more of uh ethernet traffic packets and things like that
0: yeah you know when you're talking about it the it world you're talking about more or less like your server your server environments your switching environments your you know internet throughout the entire shop your intranet if a a company is working an intranet system um verse all of your like communication systems to the shop floor where it marries up to the ot infrastructure and when you're talking about that, you're talking about moving from one switching location right down to another one. So you're moving from regular Ethernet and intranet to fiber-based communication to, what would you say, Uh profinet, profinet environment?
1: Profinet, Profibus, uh, uh, even some uh, RS-232 and uh, older protocols are used in this environment.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of, you know... how you bring that up, you know, it makes it really seem like, you know, the OT is a very specialized version
1: of what the IT world is. And the the one big difference is, is a few minutes of downtime in the IT environment is not a big deal. But a minute of downtime in the OT environment could cost thousands of dollars.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, is a lot of times when you're talking about, you know, different type of communication and stuff like that, you're actually talking about the IT system, talking to the OT system. And if the IT system goes down, it takes usually does take down the OT system eventually. Um, it really just depends on how that's set up and what your redundant protocols are and stuff like that. If you lose a main switch or a campus distribution switch or a fiber switch or something like that, it's going to take down your OT network because it has to communicate back to the main network, back to the MES system, back to the SCADA system, depending on if it's on site at the at the machine or not and you're talking you know when you're talking about that type of environment you're talking about you know the differences between a personal pc and a laptop that an individual uses when they're working from a desk to an industrial pc
1: and a, and another thing that's different in the ot environment is uh far as uh updates of software this is normally not done firmware versions are normally kept at a certain uh level and patching is not really done a whole lot in the OT environment Uh, that's changing but uh, most companies kind of frown a little bit on uh, when we have to do a update to the OT equipment
0: yeah you know you're not really talking about doing you know what Windows does and when patch Tuesday and and stuff like that where you push out the patches every Tuesday or say how you know Apple does it where you know they're they're gonna update every so often kind of only doing it on the fly you know in the it environment we have to patch our systems to you know protect from you know different type of vulnerabilities when it comes down to security vulnerabilities and whatnot the same thing goes for the for the ot environment however you know we're still trying to protect it however some of the software that is running in those environments are only built to a certain
1: update and this in this environment they're standalone uh software you use special peripherals you connect to these devices to communicate with them. So it's, it's not as simple as uh, pushing the button on your laptop and having access to say the uh, office environment. The OT environment's a little bit different. Uh, like we said before, PROFINET is a specialized protocol that's used uh, in industrial control systems and uh, I would say uh, normally it's a commission the system and run and then make minor adjustments.
0: Yeah. You know, and the thing is with that, you know, we actually do the same type of stuff in IT you know, as far as commissioning-wise. You know, we kind of roll a system out, we get it moving, we get it how we want it, and then we kind of, you know, work backwards. You know, we're, we do all of our, our updates and bug uh, bug patches and stuff like that. You know, some of our, our hot fixing, if we need to, based on what type of system it is worrying about the storage. Um, and, the, you know, with that, if you think about it, there's also that interface between OT and IT, which we talked about prior. And that's the IoT and the, I, and the IoT and also the MSB platforms and also the MQTT platforms of where we're pulling data in from the OT environment into the IT environment and manipulating
1: the data into a logging system for some sort. Right. And uh, th- this is uh, the changing world of the uh, OT environment, but there's still a disconnect between IT and OT. There's still, uh, uh, say, a DMZ between the two. And IT, uh, say an office environment, can do an update anytime they want to the clients as or in devices. However, in an OT environment, this is a little bit more complicated. This has to be orchestrated and managed and planned. And then you have to have mitigation plans in place in case the changes you make uh, breaks the system. Uh, that's whether it's robotics, uh, PLCs, drive systems, and uh,
0: so forth. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is, it's like if you talk about it, you know, you have the, the head systems that are talking down. And those have to be able to communicate on a certain protocol and stuff like that. You're talking about, you know, TCP, IP communication, you know, between a PLC and an MES system. Or, you know, from the main SCADA system to the the MES system, depending on how it's set up inside the shop. You never know how that's going to work. You know, then you have the internal communication between the MES system and the PLC where it is going over the, the TCP and the PROFIBUS. And the profinet talking via you know telegrams or XMLs or or JSONs or or whatnot, and that's kind of where the world of IT and OT kind of merge and split, merge and split. It's kind of like riding the wave.
1: And that that's also where we come to the the biggest uh, challenge between IT and OT. The reason there is uh, contention between IT and OT, IT. Uh, fields uh deal with special protocols and specialized uh training and ot deals with special protocols and specialized training however in the future it has to be a convergence the it guy has to be it slash ot and the ot guy has to be slash ot it because if not then you still have this gap in this dmz zone because the it guy does not understand all protocols and all uh the ins and out of say an industrial control system and an industrial control systems guy would probably have a hard time understanding servers and json and uh oracle databases and so forth so that gap has to be bridged and i think in the next couple years we're going to see that i think in the next
0: couple years we're going to start seeing you know what we kind of joke around about as the maintenance guy of the future you know we're talking about a guy who can do anything and everything you know it's not just gonna be you know somebody out there you know turning wrenches and you know plugging in plug in connectors and saying okay cool I think this works um, it's gonna be the guy that can maintain the end-user systems that are feeding that OT environment and you know you'll start like what you said you know the, the IT guy will become the OT guy you know eventually you know because we all have to be watching that type of equipment because eventually, it's going to become everybody's everybody's problem. Everybody's going to be working everybody's zone.
1: And, you know, just like the switchboard operator, when they went to PBX systems and they decided to automate these things, and then we went from rotary phones to uh, what we have today, mobile communications, uh, these things can be done. But it, it there is still a lot of uh, ground to be uh, made up. There are still a lot of... Uh, Things we have to teach because just like it's not simple for someone to program a, a, a PLC, it's not simple for someone to set up a circle. And it's, it's going to have to go beyond um, theory. It's going to have to be hands-on, li- uh, labs. Uh, uh, they're going to have to put their hands on the equipment to understand how these things work, and then you have to uh, train the people and get the people to a competency level that they understand what they're seeing. That way, both groups can help each other.
0: That's, I I can I kind of agree with that. You know, the big thing is you start talking about the um uh you know like we were talking about internet. You know, at the house, it used to be you know coax to the house and coax throughout the house. Now it's fiber to the house and so forth, based on where you get your internet service from. So things have changed in the years past, and now things are kind of moving closer and closer to home. You know, in your house, you're dealing with IT equipment. You know, if you're running a a, a shop or something like that, you're dealing with OT equipment. However, if you're running, you know, you're you're inside your house, you're running your your internet, your wireless and all the other stuff, but you have certain equipment in your garage that you have to use to diagnose an old car or a welding machine, for that matter, you know, that runs on an interface, that now becomes OT equipment. So people are being exposed to it, but they don't know what it is. And I kind of think that's kind of where we're going with it. And the mentality of the management that deals with IT and OT, that needs to change as well. You can't be a jack of all trades if you don't understand it.
1: Correct. And uh, I I would would like to go just one step further, Nick. You know, uh, IoT and IoT have both uh, started to transform the landscape. And just in 2016, it was just a handful. Full of companies that are even thinking about using this technology. As of 2021, about 90% of all manufacturers in the industrial environment are having uh, talks or are implementing industrial Internet of Things into the environment, so that they can grant they can take data, analyze data, and as we said before in other episodes, uh, it gives you the ability to fine tune your shop floor it gives you the ability to find out where you're not performing well on the shop floor it gives you the ability to have diagnostic capabilities Mm -hmm. and it gives you the ability to be predictive in nature and not reactive in nature
0: yeah and that goes back to what we were talking about the logging thing you know we're getting all this data in and we're logging it we're seeing what's going on with the ot equipment we're seeing all this stuff going with the it equipment they're kind of combining both environments to really dig down into these downtime issues and down into these bigger issues. You know, if you think about it, this is not just a manufacturing environment type of, you know, methodology. It's a methodology that has to happen globally. You know, it's it's aerospace manufacturing. It's uh, you know, uh, uh, the you know, space program needs to think about it as well. Cuz if you think about it, you're dealing like your ground stations and stuff like that what NASA, SpaceX and all them use, that is IT equipment. The, the technology that we're running on board, like you know SpaceX's Crew Dragon, or on board the International Space Station, for instance, that is OT equipment in the grand scheme of things. If you think about it, if you think about it in a in a wider range, mm. because they're both communicating over those different protocols.
1: And in this in this digital era, either you adapt and take on the challenge of the day. need to be addressed today with uh this data collecting uh knowing what you're looking at taking this information stockpiling it um transforming this information into something you can use in dashboards where you can go to meetings and do deep dives and uh, figure out what we can do or what we need to do or how do we mitigate a temporary solution until we can come up with something that will work. So these are things that all companies should really, really consider.
0: Yeah, And you can't understand that that information unless you understand what IT and OT is. And I think, you know, you can't understand your KPIs unless you understand both ways of the fence. How they work, how they work together, how they communicate, and how they kind of bounce off each other. And I think that's a real big thing, is, is like what we were talking about during the last Snack episode, is we we're talking about the, the logging, like Kibana, for instance, or um, uh, Power BI, you know, the grant scheme of things. If you really wanted to put it out there for somebody to be able to, you know, operate off of. So you're taking OT data, loading it into an IT system and, and, and showing it to the workforce. Um, you know, that could show, that could tell us, okay, cool, look, I've got this this system that's, you know, kind of going down, but it's IT helping OT and OT providing the data to IT to keep them moving. However to be able to use that stuff. And this is where I'm going to jump back on a topic that you kind of touched on is the training topic. I think the training topic that we're going to be hitting in the next couple of years is going to be one of, you know, mass requirement. I don't think that we're going to be able to do it how we have been in the past. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah. Like I said, it, it's it's going to take IT. It's going to take a guy from IT and a guy from OT and they're going to have to cross train each other. These uh, disciplines are totally different, but the same. They're the same that they're technical in nature and they're complicated systems, but they're different in that in the office environment, a guy doesn't have to go out and crawl on a machine. Okay, the same thing in the OT environment where a guy is crawling under machines and he's not in an office sitting in front of a PC. And typing in commands at a CLI or logging into a router or looking at Wireshark and analyzing packets. So we have to teach these things by overlapping our knowledge to each other. It's going to take knowledge sharing. It's going to take uh, individuals, like you said, that's going to have to be specialized in training in IT and OT on both sides so that they can um, help the guys that's on the floor because all guys are not going to be able to comprehend this in the beginning. It's going to take time to get there. So that's why you have to bring in these individuals that are already in IT and the individuals already in OT and cross train these guys, and at least that's the bridge. At least that's the first step, and at least that's the guy that can help translate it to both sides.
0: I agree with that 100%, and the big thing is, Like when you were talking about your PLCs, you know, inside that OT environment, we already have switching. So the current OT guy has to know how to wire shark those systems. He needs to know how to program that switch to make sure that he's got communication back to the IT system because the IT technician doesn't know, doesn't, isn't really sure or maybe unwilling or unknowing how to go out there and change it. You know, he might not know how to make those changes on that, on that, on those OT switches, or be able to wire shark it in and, and find out what packet you're missing. You know, it's if, if you're looking for a communication stream between an MES system and, a, and, an, and an OT system, you have to be able to wire shark it and see if you're dropping packets or not.
1: And, and to be honest, it's intimidating. It's intimidating for a guy that's dealing with systems where he's just uh, writing something in ladder logic and he's uh, dealing with sensors and actuators and motors and and uh variable speed drives and so forth and that's what he's learned and then you put a laptop in front of the guy and you say hey i need you to log into this console and uh type in these commands in this router you know so it's it's a little bit intimidating it's intimidating for a guy that's in it to come out to the floor and say hey i need you to run through this program i need you to tell me what we're missing or hey i looked at this uh this amount of uh, the uh, telegram and hey, we're dropping a part of the telegram. So how do I communicate that? And this goes all the way back to, it goes to the top. No longer can the the CEO, the captain, the, the guy that's running the company or person that's running the company, no longer can they say, well, I got a person for that. That guy has to understand on a high level what's going on with these systems so that he can make the right decisions when we implement systems. You don't want to put in a system that's so complicated that nobody can work on it for maintenance. Exactly. And you don't want to put in a system that's so vulnerable that nobody can fix it in IT. Right, exactly. And the thing is, is we need to have to make
0: sure that, you know, even management understands this stuff. And, you know, that could turn into playing, a you know, a day in the life, you know, or a month in the life. You know, send these guys out, you know, like, you know, the IT standpoint, you know, send like one of, you know, like an IT guy out to the shop floor and work with the OT engineers and learning that system and becoming proficient at that system and really, really getting their hands dirty with it. But the same thing goes for the management. The management needs to go out there and be with them and understand it because the training starts at the top and works its way down, like you said. And I think that, you know, there needs to be a way to plan it as they move, as everybody moves forward. You know, it's not a managerial issue for the training thing. It's an everybody issue. Everybody has to learn it. And, you know, the thing is, is that'll help people understand the KPIs that they're being shown at the end of the day from the data that we collected and spitting it back out saying, hey, guess what? This is what I got. Everybody doesn't look
1: like a deer in the headlights. And we need to be defense in depth. We need to, whether it's on the IT side, we need to do tabletop exercise. Whether it's on the OT side, we need to run fire drills. We need to practice these things we need to simulate having an event we need to uh cause a network to go down and see how we recover and then we need to come up with best practices or make one pagers or uh sit down and talk hey how can we do this better in the future these things need to happen whether we do it on your actual equipment or virtually these things need to happen and they need to happen frequently i would say they need to be on some type of schedule and then it need to be documented, and then that documentation should be analyzed to see if we're sticking with our standard.
0: Yeah, you know, if you don't use a, if you don't use a skill, it's it's gonna go away. You know, you can't let skills sit idly by and never using them. And you know, that's something you know, as we've as we've gone through these last couple episodes and stuff like that, that we brought up. You know, telling uh, telling people, hey, get out there and learn this stuff. You know, get out there, get your hands dirty. You know, really get involved and actually learn it, because it's nothing. Nobody's gonna teach it to you. You have to pick it up yourself. You might learn it in school and stuff like that. Especially if you take a little bit of electrical engineering, but you never know.
1: And to be to be honest with you, school is just the roadmap. That's all all of the learning you do in a college, or you do in a uh, internship, or you do in some type of boot camp. It's just a roadmap. You get the experience from doing it. You get the experience from failing. You get the experience from failing and succeeding. These are the things you have to do, in my opinion.
0: Don't be afraid to fail. And go out, get out there, get your hands dirty. Don't be afraid to fail. There's too many people, you know, from my experience in the IT world, that are so afraid to fail. They are afraid to make a mistake that in the long run, what do they do? They make a mistake. And then, then that turns into a big mistake. And then that causes downtime because they don't understand the stream of events that are getting ready to happen because one, they're afraid of it. They're scared of it. They're scared to take that next step and say, Hey, guess what? I can do this, but I don't know how. And they don't ask for help. And that's a big thing when it comes down to like the IT and OT standpoint is people need to be, people need to stop being afraid to ask for help. Right.
1: And I I would say you have to have a basic understanding of what the system does. You do not have to know every detail about the system, but you should have a basic overview of what the system does. If the system is a conveyor, normally in a conveyor system, we're going in a direction, we're using a sensor to determine position, and then we're using drives to stop the motors and cut on the motors. So this is a simplistic example, but you have to think about these things in this way. Then from that, you start to build on each piece of that in a simplified way. And then you take something that's complex, a big spider web, and break it into something that's not as complex. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's basically like uh, defactoring. Yeah.
0: Split, you know, split it up. It's, you know, understand how it works. You know, it's like, you know, if you, don't, you can't understand how to work, you know, operate a server or update a server if you don't start from installing the software first and following the prompts and doing it via the command line. And, you know, that's something that there's always a joke that, you know, if you really want to be good at your job, learn Linux. And that's, I think, the, the big kicker is if you want to be good at your job, learn Linux. Because it'll teach you how to use the command line. It'll teach you how to get, get your hands dirty. It'll teach you how to think. Um, but, you know, that's not really going to be, you know, here nor there. But there's a lot of, you know, free stuff out there to help people learn. You know, if they want to learn OT and stuff like that, you have the a Raspberry Pi you know, PLCs that people can learn ladder logic on and really get involved with it. And that can turn into making different types of programs and stuff like that and learning it. IT, go buy a cheap switch. You can buy cheap Cisco switches or, or desktops and places all over the United States that you can turn around and play with. Or you just go out and buy a Raspberry Pi.
1: Yeah, and uh, and uh, even built on that, there are PLC simulators now. It's, it's software-based where you can go and learn how to configure the device where you can learn how to write a few lines of code and understand what counters do, understand what timers do. Uh, You know, you can learn the other languages like STL, and uh, you can also with the uh, switches, Cisco offers uh, in a a virtual environment where you can do things and build networks and uh, understand what's going on at the different layers Of the OSI model and so forth. Understand what's going on with an Ethernet packet or whatever protocol you're analyzing. These are things that are readily available. You just got to get out there and do it.
0: Yeah. Get your hands dirty with it and play with it. You know, the thing is, is, you know, under is, is learn, have fun with it. Don't be intimidated by it. So I think that's also something that's kicking people's butt. You know, you got people who are, you know, coming in from the IT side to the OT side, you know, and they're intimidated they see these conveyors or these robots and go, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't, I don't want to touch it. And they get scared and they back away. Yeah,
1: and like I said, you, there are pushes. There, is, there's a big push now to get more people into this environment. There's a big push for people to learn the uh, IT uh, protocols, people to learn cybersecurity, people to learn networking, uh, people to learn programmable logic controllers and robotics and variable uh, speed drives and uh, torquing systems and welding uh, technology. They, these things are there. Paint technology. They, there's a great opportunity for anybody that wants to have a career where you're always being challenged to learn. Yeah. You know, it's either
0: IT or, you know, like a manufacturing technology. You know, and it's not, and it doesn't really even have to be, you know, in manufacturing. It could be anywhere. You know, as long as you want to learn it, you want to get your hands dirty with it, you can play with it. You know, they don't use OT equipment like PLCs just in manufacturing. You know, they use them in, um, uh, you know, in the Navy, on, on board the aircraft carriers and stuff like that. They use them everywhere. Department of, Ju- Department of Justice and on their, on their door systems and stuff like that for their uh, for their prison systems. And also in all your sanitation equipment. You know, that's the OT environment. The IT environment is connecting to it.
1: And like I said, with I, IoT in the home environment and IoT in the uh, industrial environment, uh, machine to machine, uh, communication and learning, all of these things are going to be used to make things more efficient. Uh, all these things are going to be made to cut out waste. All of these things are going to be used to make everyday, everyday life better
0: yeah and you know the thing is it always takes one person to maintain it you know but it takes an army to keep it moving you know it may take one person to understand the equipment you know and a bunch of people behind him you know pulling the reins on everything else that goes with it and that can go from software developers that are developing these the mes systems or the SCADA systems that are communicating down to these ot systems that are making them more secure so you don't have to do all your patching on the shop floor anymore um you know or the guys who are focused just on shop floor security
1: yeah and that's really a good point um i would also say that uh one of the things that people should also think about uh, and when i say when we start to put in equipment maybe we do not uh settle for obsolete technology maybe we go for newer technology like Siemens uh, TIA portal that has security features built into it, that has encryption capability, that has access management built into it. So that's that's the key, that the tools that we're using on the OT uh, shop floor have to have these things built into them so that we don't have to put something over top of it.
0: Yep. You know, it has to be IT-centric OT equipment. It, it, is, a, is one of those ways to look at it. And, you know, I think that that kind of brings us, you know, towards the end of this conversation. And, you know, we just really hope that, you know, we get people out there that are charged. That, you know, heave the charge and, you know, want to go out and kind of learn this, you know, get involved with it and stuff like that. We'll be covering more in depth some of the topics that we talked about today during, you know, the follow-on weeks and stuff like that. So, you know, hopefully everybody sticks around and, you know, they want to be involved they want to learn this stuff. They want to get. They want to get their hands dirty. They want to. They want to fall in the footsteps of the people who are there now. So, what you think, Ed?
1: Yeah, we don't. We're we're not here to to, to uh, enter just entertain. We're here to to help people learn. We're here to bring knowledge to people, and we're here to talk about things we're passionate about. So, uh, I would think Nick feels the same way I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Yep. We appreciate uh, all the uh, followers and listeners, and uh, that's all this week. Thank you for listening to the
0: Tech at Lunch podcast, where we hope you learned something about tech during your break or during your lunchtime. If you did, please give us a follow to prevent missing future episodes. If you have any ideas or something you want to hear or learn about, please send us a show idea to podcast
1: at vulcanora.com. Hope you have a good rest of the day and continue learning.